In Joshua chapter 9, starting at verse 1, it says, And it came to pass when all the kings which were on this side Jordan in the hills and in the valleys and in all the coasts of the great sea over against Lebanon, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite heard thereof, that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua and with Israel with one accord. And when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done unto Jericho and to Ai, they did work wildly and went and made as if they had been ambassadors and took old sacks upon their asses and wine bottles, old and rent and bound up, and old shoes and clouded upon their feet and old garments upon them, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua unto the camp at Gilgal and said unto him and to the men of Israel, We be come from a far country. Now therefore make ye a league with us. And the men of Israel said unto the Hivites, Peradventure ye dwell among us, and how shall we make a league with you? And they said unto Joshua, We are thy servants. And Joshua said unto them, Who are ye, and from whence, and from whence come ye? And they said unto him, From a very far country. Thy servants are come because of the name of the Lord thy God, for we have heard the fame of him and all that he did in Egypt. We'll stop reading right there. I know it's an odd place to stop reading because there's a comma, uh, but we'll, we'll pick up and read again here in just a little while. But here are these, uh, these, you know, these people from Gibeon, these Gibeonites, uh, what's it saying about them? They've heard, uh, they told uh, Joshua and, and the rest of the Israelites, they told them why they came. They said, we came because of the name of the Lord. We have heard the fame of the name of the Lord. Folks, they didn't come to worship God. They didn't come to join up uh, with Joshua because they wanted to worship the one and the true living God. They came because they had heard the fame of Almighty God, all right, and they had heard what had happened in Jericho. They heard what happened in Ai, and they didn't want the same thing happening to them. They understood that there was a conquest, just as Rahab had heard what had happened uh, 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 over in Jericho. She heard that God had dried up the waters of the Red Sea see and allowed the Israelites to pass through. She had heard these things and folks that caused the fear of Almighty God to come upon her. Uh, uh, but uh, here in this account uh, here these Gibeonites they had heard the fame of Almighty God they said we've got to do something because God is on the side of these Israelites. He's on the side of these Jews that have come up from, from, uh, from Egypt. He's on their side. There's nothing that we can do if Almighty God wants to destroy us. If their God gets a hold of us, there is no hope for us. There's no chance for us. We'll be destroyed utterly. We'll be destroyed totally. And there is nothing that we can do about it. So they did not come unto Joshua and to the Israelites to worship God. They come to them out of fear for their own lives. They come to Him in a cunning way though. The same way that Satan will do to you and that Satan will do to me. He, uh, these gifts came to the people of God just as demons come to us nowadays right here in 2021 they came with lies they came with half truths they came uh, putting on a 
show, trying to show us something that is not true, that is not so false, that has ever been the practice of Satan all the way back in the garden when he came to Eve and he convinced her to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He didn't completely lie to her. He told her a half truth. He told her just enough to get her to doubt what God had told Adam and her. He told her just enough to get her interested in it. These Gibeonites done nothing different here. They come to Joshua and the Israelites and fed them a story hoping to get sympathy, hoping to get compassion, and hoping to save their own lives. Amen. This is a picture of Satan himself. Oh, yeah. How he will come to the people of God. How he'll come to these, these men here. Folks, Gibeon, this land, it wasn't but just a few miles over the hill from, from Gilgal where, where the Israelites were camped out here. It wasn't some far distant land like they told Joshua that it was. Look at it on a Bible map sometime if you don't believe me. It was just a few miles away, but they had to be convincing in what they were telling Joshua. That's why they got the old wine skins. That's why they got the bread. That's why they put their own clothes on. You read a little bit further in the scripture and it says hey this bread was hot when we took it out from our houses but now it's gotten old. It's gotten dry. It's gotten moldy. It ain't worth a dime to us is what they were telling them folks. Satan will tell you every lie that he can but his lies are convincing. You put your nose in the word of God. Put your trust in the word of God. Do what God said do not make the exact mistake that these Israelites here made. God said you go in the land, you get rid of them all, but here they were about to make a pact with these Gibeonites. Yeah. All because of a lie that they told. All because of a lie that they told. They were about to make a pact with them. They wanted to make pacts with people. They weren't supposed to do that. God gave them specific instructions. You go into the land, you, you get rid of all of them. This land is yours. It's not theirs. You're not to, you're not to co coexist with them. Folks, I get so sick and tired of seeing these coexist bumper stickers. It'll never happen. My Bible teaches that it'll never happen. That, 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 that uh, the Muslims cannot coexist with the Christians. No. Folks, atheists can't coexist with Christians. Christians can't coexist with, with the atheists or with the Muslims or the Buddhists or anything else. Why is that? Because they serve a false God and we serve the one and true God. Now, folks, they've had demons that have convinced them that their God is the one and true living God. But I got news for every one of them. Their God never descended from heaven their God never hung on a cross. Their God never gave His own life and His own blood for His people. Their God is full of nothing but hatred for the people of Jehovah God. That's for Jews and Gentiles alike. That's for everybody that's part of the church. Everybody that has been saved, everybody that's been born again, any other religion out there has nothing but hatred for the people of God. Does that make them our enemies? That doesn't mean we go out and we pick a war with them or we pick a fight with them. That simply means that they are not for us, so they must be against us. Folks, and that's something Jesus said over in the New Testament. You remember one point in the Gospels. John came to Jesus. 
John, the one that wrote the gospel of love, came to Jesus and he was bragging. He said, Lord, there was one casting out devils in your name. And we told him to hold his peace. We told him to go on his way because he wasn't part of our circle. He wasn't part of us. He wasn't part, he wasn't part of the twelve that you picked. And Jesus told him, why in the world did you rebuke him? If he's not against us, he's for us. Hey, if he was casting out demons in the name of Jesus Christ and those demons were leaving, praise God, amen, and hallelujah for it. If you've got a brother or a sister in Christ that worships just a little different from you, but they still claim the blood and still claim salvation through the love and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. It don't matter what denomination they are. You can take the denomination and flush it down the commode for all I care. I care less about any of the denominations. But back to Ai, back to Satan. Satan will come to you and he'll tell you similar lies that these Gibeonites told Joshua mm-hmm. and the Israelites. They said they said we come from a far country. These wineskins, they were they, they made a mold to make it look like they'd been traveling for a long time oh, yeah. out there in the desert sun, and they had dried, and they had cracked, and they were worthless. But why were they doing it? They were doing it to, to convince these Israelites that, that they were harmless, mm-hmm. that, that the Gibeonites were harmless. Folks, they weren't no more harmless than the people in Jericho, no more harmless than the people in Ai, and no more harmless than anybody else that God ever sent his people to clear out of that land. God had a purpose for that land to be cleared out. It was a land that was promised to Abraham all the way over in the book of Genesis. And Joshua and the Caleb and the rest of these Israelites were descendants of that man Abraham. And they had gone into that land. God had given them instruction to clear out the land, kill every parasite, kill every Hittite, kill, kill all of them, get them out of the land. This land is yours. You do this thing. You do it the way I say to. You don't leave any standing. You spare none of them. Don't take their gold. Don't take their silver. Those things are consecrated to the Lord. That's what he told them before they went in. Folks, God said don't take those things. They are mine. But yet they done. Yet they did it. How many things have we done? Because we've been convinced. Mm -hmm. Because we've been convinced by a demon whispering in our ear. How many things have we said? How many thoughts have we had? And folks, those thoughts come spur of the month. They'll come like that uh, a lot of times. Before, before we even realize that we've thought them, we thought them. Oh, yeah. uh, I understand how that works. I'm right there in the same boat with you all. Mm-hmm. I ain't nothing but human and I ain't nothing but flesh. But, <clears throat> but these Gibeonites here, they, they, were, they were convincing. They were completely convincing to the Israelites. Hey, we need, we're, we're your buddies. We're your friends, and that's what Satan will try and tell God's people. Why does he do that? Or first, how does he do that? He's got thousands of different ways he can do that. A lot of it comes straight from the pulpits right here in America. A lot of those ways come straight from church pulpits with a preacher that gets up and preaches false doctrine, a preacher that gets up and preaches that there's there's many ways unto salvation outside of the way Jesus Christ. A preacher will get up and they'll, and they'll convince somebody that's running around in their sin that because they made a profession when they was five years old at an altar that 
they're all right with God and they're on their way to heaven. Folks, that is contrary to what my Bible says. My Bible says that when we are saved, we are made a new creature in Jesus Christ. And if we're made a new creature, we'll have a new nature about us in Jesus Christ. We will have fruit that bears witness to that new nature that we have in Christ Jesus. If somebody supposedly got saved when they were five years old and they'd gone out for 40 years living like a hellion, they never got saved. Amen. And that's the fruit of it. Yeah. Folks, Jesus said it himself. He said a good tree can't bear corrupt fruit. No. Now a corrupt tree can't bear good fruit. No. It is impossible for those things to happen. Mm -hmm. It is impossible. James even touches on that. Of course, his subject matter, his principle is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. He says, out of the same, out of the same mouth flows blessings and cursing. Right. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. You can't do that. You can't bless the Lord at one second and curse someone or curse God for that matter mm -hmm. the next second and be right with God. Mm -hmm. It is impossible for that to happen. Folks, <clears throat> I ain't saying that we don't sin. I ain't saying we don't have bad thoughts. I ain't saying any of those things. But folks, just as I preached last week, the thing about it is when we have that liberty in Jesus Christ that Paul talked about in Galatians chapter 5, when we stand fast in that liberty that is given to us in Christ Jesus, we have the liberty to go unto God and to ask that forgiveness. Folks, that liberty wasn't granted to these folks here in the Old Testament. That liberty was left up to a man that they called the high priest once a year. He went to the Holy of Holies, made the, made the sacrifice, sprinkled the blood, and then simply rolled their sins back for another season. Amen. That's all it did. Boy, my high priest... He does a lot more than that. My high priest never had to offer something for his own sins because he never sinned. My high priest is forever seated at the right hand of glory making intercession on my behalf and on your behalf. My high priest is much better than the ones of the Old Testament. I don't care who they were. I don't care where their descendancy was from. I don't care whose who's mama's... Uh, they, uh, they, uh, who their mama was, who their daddy was, or any of those things. Jesus Christ is my high priest. He's the only high priest that we need. He's the only one that can be the propitiation for your sin and for my sin. He's the only one that can be the sacrifice for your sin and my sin. And he is the only one that God will listen to to make an argument on your behalf or mine. Amen. That's my high priest. Folks, if we keep that in our head, we won't be tricked like these Israelites were here by the Gibeonites. Or we'll be tricked a whole lot less. But Satan is cunning. Satan is cunning. What, what does the, Paul say in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6? Everyone else knows it. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you can do what? Withstand the wiles of the devil. It says here these Gibeonites worked wildly. Oh yeah, and that's the only time, about the only time in Scripture you find that word, and it's hard to say, wildly. But you put on the whole armor of God to withstand the wiles of the devil. Oh, yeah, what's the 
what's the first thing that we get with that armor of God? We get saved. What's the first thing we get? It would have to be the shield of faith. Yeah. It would have because without faith we can't get saved. Yeah. Without that faith we can't get saved. Now I understand your feet shod with the gospel, uh, preparation of the gospel, yeah. and I understand the helmet of salvation. Hey, we obtain that too when we get saved. Mm -hmm. But 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 that shield of faith, folks. That's 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 what's going to get you through situations like this. I mean, look. Uh, you read the account here. These Gibeonites that were coming coming in, they were lying, but they were no immediate threat to them. Yeah. It would have taken a shield of faith. It would have taken a shield of faith for uh, for these Israelites to have shown for these Israelites to have had, and, but they did not practice that. They didn't yeah. put that shield up, uh, that faith. That They did not do what God told them to do. They halted in their place. They stopped what they were doing. They didn't continue on with the conquest, and it cost them a little bit of time, and it it cost them with Almighty God in the long run. I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that to happen to my walk. I'll keep on reading just a little bit here. In verse 10, it says, And all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were beyond Jordan, to Sion, king of Heshbon, and to Og, king of Bashan, which was at Ashtaroth, Wherefore our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spake to us, saying, Take victuals with you for the journey, and go to meet them, and say unto them, We are your servants, therefore now make ye a league with us. This is our bread. We took hot for our provision out of our houses on the day we came forth unto you, but now, behold, it is dry and moldy. Folks, and, and I brought this up just a little while ago. It's just a few miles away. It took them less than a day to get to where Israel was, to get to where the Israelites were, to get to where Joshua was. Uh, but they were sitting here lying. It says, These bottles of wine which we filled were new, and behold, they be rent. These are garments, and our shoes are become old by reason of the very long journey. And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. That was their problem. That was the problem. They asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. They didn't pray. They didn't say, God, I need help with this. They didn't say, God, I know you sent us in here. You give us a job to do. You told us to kill everybody, get rid of them all. But these folks have come up, and, and they were making it sound like they wasn't from the promised land, like they wasn't from Canaan. They said, we come from this far off land. So they wouldn't just get jumped on immediately. But the Israelites didn't bother to pray. Says they, asked, they did not ask counsel of the Lord. That's where they made their mistake. Folks, when you hear these preachers, I don't care if it's on television, radio, I don't care if it's from a pulpit out here in Johnson City or somewhere else in the county or the country for that matter, when you hear a preacher or a teacher say something that you think is contrary to the Word of God, look it up in the Word of God for yourself. You make sure they're telling you the truth. You make sure, that follow along in your Bible while they're preaching. And folks, if I ever preach you something that is wrong, please tell me. Tell me that I've done so because I don't want to continue teaching or preaching it wrong. But but when you discover that someone has taught you falsely, someone has taught you something that is contrary to what does say at the word of God, hey, you turn that person off, you don't listen to them again. If it's somebody you know, you might take them to the side and call them out on it, show them their mistake. If they continue on the way they go and they ignore that they have been corrected, they are nothing more than a wolf in sheep's clothing looking for the hand pad, a man on their back. They're looking for money, they're looking for fame, they're looking for clout and recognition, and they are not looking for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. 
call them out on these things. Yeah. I want to be called out. I do. Because I, I try my best to have scripture to back up scripture. Yeah. Any time anytime that I teach you all something, or preach for that matter. I do my best to have scripture to back up scripture. The Bible is its own best commentary. Mm -hmm. The Bible will back itself up. Oh, yeah. Charles Spurgeon says, uh, said one time, C.H. Spurgeon said, defend the word of God, I'd just as soon defend a lion. Yeah. I, he said, turn the word of God loose and it'll defend itself. Yeah. And it will and it can. It has for centuries. It has for millennia now. The word of God has stood fast. God's word says it is forever settled in heaven. Folks, and if it's forever settled in heaven, you can't change it. I can't change it. Ain't nobody can change it. I don't care what version you get. I don't care what the people that publish the MSG Bible have done to it. If you've ever read that, folks, that version of the Bible is nothing more than a joke. That version of the Bible is a disgrace to the actual scriptures. But no matter how much man changes it what it says God said before man was ever even formed hey he was there from the beginning yeah. the Bible says he's the ancient of days he's the first and the last the alpha and the omega God had this thing down before you and I were ever created right. and it's been that long and it'll be that long yeah. in the future but don't be deceived like these Israelites were and how's the best way to do that uh, by that last line I just read, and the men took their victuals, and that's not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. That's where they made their mistake. They did not pray on the matter. Folks, again, when we hear preachers or teachers, or when, when, when we hear our own family members sometimes, we hear people say, and folks, I've, I've heard it from, uh, from folks in the years that I, since I've been saved, I've heard it at the church that I've been to. I've heard it from visitors that have come here. I've heard it from other churches that I've been to. I've heard it everywhere. People will stop you and they'll, they'll ask you about a certain scripture or something like that. And they've been convinced by somebody along the line that, that a scripture means something that it was never meant uh, meant to be. It was never uh, meant to mean. And, and, and you, try and, you try and explain that to, the, uh, to whoever it is. And folks, they don't want any part of it because they've already been convinced. Eve was convinced in the garden that what she was doing was no harm. She was convinced in the garden that it was okay to offer that fruit to her husband. Hey folks, and it, it, it goes like that throughout the scriptures. You look at Peter though. You look at Peter over in the gospels. What did Jesus Christ tell them? He said, every one of you are going to be offended of me this very night. That was the night before they arrested or the night that they arrested Jesus Christ. And what did Peter say? He said, Lord, even if I die with you, I will never be offended by you. And Jesus told him before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. Yeah. These Israelites, much like what I preached this morning, much like what I, what I preached then, they were dependent on themselves. Oh, yeah. they, they had come in, they had whooped them folks at Jericho, they had whipped the ones at AI by this point. They said, we're doing pretty good. They asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord mm -hmm. when something fishy came in, something conspicuous yeah. stepped in on the scene. It didn't raise a red flag to them. They asked a few questions, yeah. But it turned out they were all right with it for the time being. Now, in the next passage, we won't talk about it tonight. In the next passage in Joshua chapter 9, the lying of the Gibeonites is discovered. Oh, yeah. it, it's discovered that they lied to those Israelites. And the Israelites still didn't do what they were supposed to do. They made a pact with them. <laughs> made a league with them. 
Done exactly what the Gibeonites uh, wanted out of them to begin with. Why they do that? To save face. Mm-hmm. They done. They done it uh, because uh, to, to save their own save their own face value. Yeah. Because they done said, okay, this is fine. We'll do this thing, folks. <coughs> it don't matter what lie the devil tells you, or what lie a demon tells you. <coughs> if you make a pact with whatever that is, or if you trust in whatever that lie is, and then you discover later on that it was just an absolute, total, and utter lie, go to God. Ask forgiveness for believing that. Ask forgiveness for not confirming it per the scripture. Ask forgiveness, and he will give you that forgiveness. Right. And folks, you you do that in humility. You do that uh, you, you do that shamefully. You go to God with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He don't just save you. Hey, you go to God with a broken heart and a contrite spirit after you're saved as well. And if you go to God in that way with a humble heart, God will hear your prayer. God will forgive your sin. God will keep you. God will pull you in that much closer. Hey, my Bible teaches that he is close to those that have a broken heart. So if we go to him like that, it's going to move him with compassion. Them folks that follow Jesus around in the scriptures, several times in the scriptures it says, but he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. These folks that was following him around. And some of them were following him just to see the miracles. Some of them, they had no need of bread. They had no need of healing. They had no need of any of those things. But they were following this man, Jesus, to see what blind man he healed next. Or what deaf man's ears he opened up next. Or how many many thousands he would feed with the next few fish and a couple of loaves of bread. They were following him just because of that. But there were those that followed Jesus, though. Praise God, there are those that follow Jesus because they believed that he was Messiah, the Son of God. There were those few, there was a handful of them that followed him just because of that, regardless of the miracles. And regardless of any of those things, it was brought up, I remember if it was tonight or this morning, it was brought up uh, uh, today at some point that the disciples said to increase our faith. Folks, those disciples, they had seen the man heal blind people, men that had been blind since birth, not something not some accident they'd had just a couple years before they've been blind every day they've been on the earth they had seen the disciples had seen Jesus Christ make the lame to walk people that were lame on their feet Jesus Christ told them to rise up and walk he tell them rise up take up your bed go on your way get to the house they had seen these things and they still said Lord increase our faith my goodness how much faith do you have to have how many miracles has God worked in your life, folks? Yeah, right. And you still say, God, I feel like I'm lacking in faith. Shame on us. Me too. Shame, yeah. shame on every one of us for having that attitude. But every one of us has had it. Mm-hmm. Every one of us has had it. Regardless of how many times God has healed us. Regardless of, of what soul we've been praying for that God saved. And we get news sometime later that soul got saved. Regardless of that happening. Regardless of, of the time that we didn't know if we was going to be able to eat the next day or not. But somehow or another there was food in the pantry. There was money in the account. There was something along the lines where we could get some bread in our mouths. Regardless of how many times that's happened. Uh, if God comes through. He'll be with his people. David said, I was young, now I am old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor received begging for bread we have seen it over and over and yet our faith dwindles shame on us shame on us Christians for that happening <clears throat> especially preachers 
Shame on other lives, but folks, the man took their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. What does that tell me? To ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord. If asking not counsel at the mouth of the Lord is what got them in trouble, and it is, well, first, first let me back up. First, they didn't do what God had already told them to. That got them in trouble first. Secondly, they asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. They didn't pray. They didn't ask God's guidance. That kept them in trouble. Mm -hmm. That kept them in the original trouble they had gotten into. Mm -hmm. If they had just asked, I'm sure, I'm positive, I'm persuaded, God would have guided them in the right decision to have made. No, you get rid of those Gibeonites. They're lying to you. What else? What other lesson we got from this? If we believe a lie, God will, God will allow us to do that. That spirit will it'll fight. That spirit will let us know, but we'll war against the spirit, will we not? The flesh and the spirit war, war, war with one another. Hey, Paul wrote, wrote that to the church in Rome. He wrote it to the church in Galatia. He said, if we, uh, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Folks, and if we're, saved by, uh, if we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, we've got that spirit. And that spirit, when the demons lie, they whisper those lies in our ears. That spirit will let us know that it's a lie. But we will fight, and we will fight because the demon has whispered something that we really wanted to hear. The demon has whispered something that appeals to us. He's not going to whisper something about dope in my ears. I've never been a dope head in my life. That's not going to appeal to me. But he'll whisper something to me that he knows will get my attention. Yeah. They know they know they know where my weak spots are. They oh, know yeah. where your weak spots oh, are. Yeah. You know why they know? Because we let them know. Oh, yeah. We tell them. Oh, we let them know in our actions. We let them know in our thoughts. Believe it or not, demons have access to your thoughts. Oh, yeah. They've got complete they don't have access to your heart. Praise God. Amen. They don't have access to a born again child of God's heart. But they have access to your thoughts. They know what you're thinking. But most of them know what you're thinking because of the actions that you right. take and because of the speech that you use. They know exactly what's on your mind uh, because of these things. But folks, ask counsel of the Lord. These people, these Israelites, they got in trouble. Uh, 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 but instead of praying about it, they went on the way. They took of the victuals of the Gibeonites. They took of what those Gibeonites had brought. And that's not counsel of the Lord. Ask counsel of the Lord. Ask counsel at the mouth of the Lord. I promise you, he will not lead you astray. Amen. He will keep you on that straight and narrow way that he has set you right. on.